0: Hello, everybody. This is Erica. This is Shari. And this is April. And you are now listening to Three Psychs and a Mike.
1: Just as a disclaimer, although the contents of this show may be educational and therapeutic in nature, this should not be considered a replacement for therapy with a licensed professional. If you would like more information on how you can find a therapist in your area, please contact us on social media. All right, well hello ladies, we are back Hey Hello, yes we are <laughs> So we're going to jump right into our check-ins um, We're going to say what we're grateful for or and or um, what got us through this week and I will start so that no one feels (laughs) no one aka (laughs) shark um so I'll start with uh my gratefulness um I am grateful again for this lovely weather that we have been having and I'm grateful to have had a do nothing weekend um
2: that's
1: nice um partially due to the way way my bank account is set up right now um (laughs) it wasn't do nothing weekend um but i was actually able to just say you know what i'm not gonna do anything i'm not gonna work i'm going to relax my mind and relax my body and it was wonderful wonderful nice Um, so, I'm grateful for cool temperatures and chill weekends. What about you guys? I'll start with April. So, April, is, tell us what you're week. grateful for or what got you through this week.
0: Um, I am grateful for being done with school. Yes. <laughs>
1: We're
0: so excited So I successfully Defended my dissertation this past week So finally closing a chapter So Officially Dr. April um, Dr. April So grateful for that Grateful for the people who showed up And um, Yeah grateful to just be done I mean you know there's still like little things you have to do Like editing and submitting forms But there's nothing compared to the nightmare of uh, the last two, three weeks of me. <laughs> yeah,
1: I believe so, it.
0: I'm excited to eat again, to have my anxiety back to normal levels. Hair <laughs> might start growing back. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> glowing. Right, and popping, right. right. And
2: glowing.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Well, that is absolutely something to be grateful for. And of course, we are super excited
2: yes. about
1: that. Uh, Yes.
2: Uh, So So how about you, Shari? Uh, See, that's why. So this is why I want April to go first, because the thing that got me through is that she was up to finish. So it like made me super excited for the week. Like I was just like in, like, hopeful anticipation. <laughs> yeah. I think I to her probably, like, three times a day, like, you got this, girl. <laughs> you gonna make it. <laughs> Shari is such the cheerleader, cheerleader y'all. Like, I, yeah. I was super excited so that is what got me Aww. through just knowing that like that was coming up at the end of your sure. week and knowing that you know you had another birth anniversary yes, like another had a birthday. birthday this weekend. it's been a busy week and so like that was the thing that got me through this Yay. week like you and like your accomplishments oh, thank and just like you. you moving to different like higher heights yes wow. so yes <laughs> hey thank you I'm- so it sounds like everyone has
1: had a pretty good week, stress, yeah. then yeah. down, down the stress, then relax.
2: Yes.
1: last yes. well, a good a good week
2: mm-hmm. It was a good week. Yeah. Like uh, I haven't, I don't think I've had a week where I could be like, oh, this was good. Yeah. You know, yeah. in a long time. So either that's sad or fun. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> pretty bad <laughs> Ain't it? girl oh the whole thing will take you out <laughs>
0: well no because i was saying when we we went down to charleston um and it was the first weekend that in three plus years that i didn't yeah. take a computer with me
1: oh you know? my gosh right
0: like right. i didn't yeah. i didn't pack my tablet and i was about to at first mm-hmm. and i was like well why i don't i don't have no. to
2: but <laughs> <Right. laughs> Oh, crazy. Yeah. Like, the handcuffs that education Ooh. will have you in. Yeah. <laughs> the I, slavery. The <laughs> yes. The
1: bondage. the bondage. We're not even about to talk about the after bondage of student Ooh. loans for those That's of you who I have hate been so unfortunate hate
0: to have them. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I feel like, what's it? Oh, insecure. I hate slavery. Right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Girl, that was the funniest little, like, uh, TV show within a TV show I love it I hate <laughs> slavery <laughs> Love it So ready for Insecure to come back Yes
0: All yes. right yes. So um, We didn't do one last week Because we just had a really Huge episode uh, But This week Let's talk about some things That's been going on in the media Yeah um, Particularly The hug That was heard around the world <laughs> <laughs> Yes <laughs> mm.
2: Um
0: and let me not laugh because I don't want to seem like I'm making light of the, oh, yeah. the actual situation. But um, in regards to uh, Judge Tammy Kemp, um, as well as the brother of Botham John, uh, there's a video and photos of them hugging the murderer, the person who killed um, the former officer Amber Geiger Greiger? Geiger Geiger, um, who killed Botham John while he was in his house. And that video and that clip has been circulating all over um, social media, caused a lot of conversation, mm-hmm. sparked a lot of controversy over the idea of forgiveness. Yeah. Um, so what, what has been you all's thoughts about that, either in terms of forgiveness or just how images can kind of evoke so many emotions? Mm. Uh, well, you know, for me...
1: I'm usually one to like to, you know, consider both sides of things, you know. And so one part of me was like, okay, maybe this is what that young man needed in order for him to be able to move on. I don't, you know, I don't necessarily feel that the hug piece was just, I don't know if that was helpful, you know, maybe to anyone other than him, maybe, because. It just to me, for me, when I saw it, it kind of broke my heart, you know, because what I often think about is when we forgive people, there usually in my mind should come this, this expectation of changed behavior or, you know, future consequences um, to me that at least feel equitable and although there's no equitable consequence for a a life right there's just there's just not but at the same time you know this this young woman took your brother's life there was testimony and uh, tweets and all these things that showed just a very lack of um, appreciation for life on um, this woman's yeah. heart, her lack of appreciation for blackness, for diversity. Yep. And then to embrace Ooh. that that I felt like you were embracing all of these things that mm-hmm. represented this woman. Um, so it was a struggle for me. I don't know about you guys
0: yeah
2: oh yeah I tend to like in those um, especially in those moments where they show what's happening in the courtroom I think there's so much for the victims and, and the families like there's so much processing processing that has not happened mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. moment that I think the emotions that come into it it's kind of like, um, like textbook, like, you know, especially like in our community, in the black community, we're taught you, you should forgive, you know, Um, it's a big part of our culture. It's a really big part of uh, many of our religious practices. And so I think it becomes kind of mechanical, like, oh, either I'm going to be really, really angry and rageful or I have to forgive. Like there can't be anything in the middle. Right. And so I'm often like in those moments, I'm very much like what the victims and the families do, I tend to like step back from that. So that part wasn't, didn't pull the emotional reaction for me. What pulled the most reaction was Judge Kemp's reaction. So like Judge Tammy Kemp, her Mm -hmm. reaction, the hugging and, you know, and we can definitely go into that. But I think when it comes to like the victims and the families, I think it becomes mechanical because there isn't time to process. There's so much happening. And so that processing hasn't happened. And so it becomes kind of this, either I'm going to be extremely rageful or I'm going to be completely forgiving. Um, And it reminds me of when we watched the, um, the video of Emmanuel or the movie um, Emmanuel and, just those proceedings where the family is stood up and they're all given forgiveness. And it was very, I was like, they haven't even processed like what's happening in the moment. And so it was very like mechanical to me. Like it felt like it looked very mechanical, um, kind of like, okay, this is just what we have to do to move forward. So, yeah. Um, so I was
0: very bothered by both hooks, the brother and the judge. Mm-hmm. Now with the brother, you know, if he's grieving, then, you know, that's, I cannot tell him. Sure. What to do. That's what he mm-hmm. felt he needed in that moment. And so mm-hmm. be it. Like, I can't place a judgment on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like it. Like, I definitely can be honest about that. But if that's what he needed, then so be it. The mm-hmm. judge, However, was completely out of line. It's completely unprofessional, and not only was it unprofessional, but she now brings her entire like professional ethics into question. Because if I'm an attorney, I'm going to say, "Oh, well, this case wasn't fair because she was not objective, as we can see by her behavior towards the, um, I guess the defendant." Like, so that's, I mean, this just opens the doors for so many things. Also what Shari said about the documentary emmanuel that was that same theme of forgiveness was, was coming through. And so there are a couple of things. I think the historical context is that black people are often asked to forgive so that we can't be upset. Mm-hmm. And it's a way of silencing our response. Then when you take in the, the history of white women's tears oh, God. and how, how much, how many people have died or lost things, and white women's tears have almost absolved them of any consequences. And what she said before, Erica, about forgiveness should come with something. And it reminded me of what something one of my friends, Ben, has, has been saying a lot. He's like, there's a there's an act of penance that also comes with forgiveness. Like, where is yes. her acknowledge? She played not guilty. So what are you forgiving her for? Like, mm-hmm. where where is her acknowledgement of right. what she did Where's her remorse outside of the fact that she took a life? Like, I don't think that she's excited that she took that man's life, but right. her her behavior afterwards and even leading up to it is like you had some beliefs mm-hmm. about black and brown people that were not the most positive. And unfortunately, this happened. But this act of forgiveness is public display to me is another way of co-opting the message. So right. now it's all about look how forgiving and grace and grace. Yeah. Without acknowledging the
2: actual problem. Yeah. So that's where I take you with it. Yeah. And I think that goes into like how important it is to talk about like forgiveness, like as an actual, like, like why it's important to say, like, what is forgiveness? What should it look like? As opposed to just saying, well, you just have to. Right. Because I think oftentimes we, we get those messages where it's like, you just have to forgive. Like, it's just what you should do, um, biblically or culturally, it just forgives so that we can move forward. So I think that's something that we could, you know, definitely dive into, um, coming up like as a full topic of like, yeah. what is forgiveness? Um, what does it look like? Yeah. Go ahead, I think a,
1: that I would know. be a great discussion in the future, just to kind of talk about forgiveness, what that looks like, where it comes from, (laughs) you know? um,
2: Yeah. Yeah. Our listener, one of our listeners sent in kind of that question. So thank you. I mean, it was something that we were kind of, throwing back and forth about how we were going to talk about it. But one of the listeners definitely sent in and just wanted our thoughts around just the whole, like, like we said, the hug heard around the world. Um, So, you know, thanks for sending in that topic. And like we said, you know, if you guys continue to have other topics that you'd like us to chime in on, just definitely send those in to us through Facebook, Instagram, email, that type of thing. So, yeah, definitely something we'll touch back on.
1: Absolutely. Awesome. So we are going to go right into
2: our topic of the day. Yeah. So let's jump in. Um, I know last time we were talking a lot about um, boundaries. Like that was kind of one of the key themes that was throughout last week's episode. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of, you know, we should set boundaries. It's important to set boundaries. Let's make sure that we're protecting ourselves and our relationships by creating boundaries. But we didn't really talk much or we didn't have much time to talk much about like how to actually Set healthy boundaries, what they actually look like, um, why it's important to actually even create boundaries in our relationships, and what relationships can look like when there are no boundaries. And so we wanted to spend today um, going in and talking about healthy boundaries, setting those, what they look like, and hopefully give you all some good tips on how you can move forward with creating healthy boundaries in your relationships. So, um, I think it would be cool if we started the conversation, the dialogue with just the question of had you have you guys gotten messages around boundaries, like either it's like throughout life or growing up. What were some of the messages that you got about boundaries? <laughs>
1: Uh, It's funny when you ask that a a funny boundary came up for me um, when I was growing up and it came up because I was talking to to one of my friends um, on social media and they posted something about like um, in our household, like we didn't let children you didn't as a child, you didn't go and stay overnight. At someone's house, mm, right? Yeah, and so I said, "Oh, wow, that's funny." I said, "I thought this was a black household thing, right?" Whereas, like, <laughs> no, nah, they can come over here. <laughs> you can't you're go. Not over, you're yeah. not going over there and spend the night. And so, as a child, I think the boundary that was established was that um, you you're not you do not enter into, I guess, stranger spaces. Mm-hmm. um without your parents right so you're not going to go anywhere and and be anywhere without a a a parent or a safe family yeah. member present um and that was like a childhood boundary that I think later evolved into helping me establish kind of um healthy physical boundaries when it came to mm-hmm. you know other people um, and just, like, places that I'm willing to go and willing and not willing to go.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't remember, like, I don't even know if I would consider these boundaries or like, when you spoke, Erica, maybe think about kind of I had the opposite experience growing up was that I was allowed to go to sleepovers, like, with little issue. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that had to do with just my parents knew the families. Mm-hmm. Um, gotcha. So and also I had like a, just a lot of cousins. So sometimes it would be cousin sleepovers or just the like I, I, one of our neighbors down the street. They grew up with my dad. So mm-hmm. I definitely remember going to play with a friend and then found out their neighbor was having a sleepover. And I went to the sleepover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was like there was never <laughs> so I never had that experience of like. Yeah. Go over there. But it was also because but one thing one think about childhood growing up and just kind of rules um, things like when adults are talking, you leave the room.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: I remember being over at a friend's house and her my mom was coming to pick me up. we had hung out and my mom and her mom started talking you know having grown folks conversation and so i was like inching out because i knew we not about to leave no time soon because they're talking but my friend stayed like her and her sister kind of stayed in the hallway like just listen to the conversation i remember being like don't y'all know you're supposed to leave the room (laughs) like i remember even talking my mom like you notice they didn't leave (laughs) or things like when you walk in a room, you say hello. Like you don't go into another person's refrigerator without asking. And one of my really good friends, I remember she was good for coming to us. Like what y'all got here? And I'm like, Oh, but it's just, but that's like, it's the boundaries are not always universal. Right. Right, Like somebody like, well, yeah, just go in. Cause even when I would go to someone else's house, they're like, just go in the refrigerator. No,
2: Right. That's your house. No, I think we've all had that, you know, that friend or those friends where you're like, where are your boundaries? (laughs) Like, what? Mm -hmm. You know, who raised you? You know, like that (laughs) question. And it it is that thought that, you know, boundaries are universal, but they're not. Not at all. They're not. um, Or even just like the level of boundaries, Mm -hmm. you know, how people create their boundaries and what they look like. They're definitely not universal. Right. Um,
1: Yeah. And boundaries are supposed to be there as a means of protection.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, like, even, you know, even like with you, April, saying, well, you know, my, it was different for me because, you know, my family's, we, they knew the families and, you know, that kind of thing. And so, it th- there wasn't like this idea or this need to like protect you from that. Right. Um, whereas I think um, maybe like past experiences from family members or just, Um, you know, just an expectation or just like a family culture, it was, no, this is a boundary. We set this to protect you. Mm -hmm. You know, boundaries are meant to protect you. Even the leaving the room, children don't listen to adult conversations. I still see it as like a protective thing. Like kids may not understand how to process some of the things that they might hear Mm -hmm. in adult conversations. And so, it's really one to keep you at grown folks business
0: and yes. <laughs> two, to protect you
1: from, you know, from hearing something that later, you know, you might take in and not know how to mm-hmm. um, take that information in and process that information.
2: Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of our boundaries come from how we're raised mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I guess like the boundaries of our parents, you know, mm-hmm. so. Um, like my parents are very much like yours, Erica, of like, no, you don't go to sleepovers. Like, we'll have all the sleepovers you want, but you're yeah. not going to sleep anywhere but your grandmama's house. Like that right. was pretty much right. was like you can go to Granny's or everybody can come over here, you know. Okay. So it was very much like that. And so I think about like as an adult like I always had the boundaries of my parents and I didn't get much communication around how to create my own boundaries. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it took me a while. Like I struggled with um, creating boundaries within adult relationships Mm -hmm. Um, and, and more so just like adult, like romantic relationships, like in friendships, I think I did. All right. Um, I think I do. Okay. Um, But in, romantic relationships, I actually have to be really intentional about it. And that's not a bad thing. I think you definitely should be. Um, but I had to like take extra notes, like, okay, check in. What are your boundaries? Mm-hmm. Are you, you know, are you leaving them behind? Are you taking them with you? Are you communicating them? So yeah.
1: So what constitutes a healthy boundary? Like what are the aspects of the healthy boundary? Like how would someone know mm-hmm. that this boundary that I'm setting is actually healthy, it's protective, it's, um, it's clear. Yeah. I understand it. When I said it, other people will understand where I'm coming from. Like wh- what, what's needed? What are those aspects for I a healthy for boundary?
0: A healthy boundary should have a reason behind it and uh, like a uh, clearly articulated, like I am setting this boundary is in place because X, Y, and Z. So yeah. For instance, if you are a person who you say yes to everything Mm -hmm. like that's (laughs) that's a problem you have, you just say, yeah, you you have realized that, okay, I have to stop saying yes to everything because it's wearing me out. So a boundary for that person would be maybe, okay. I'm going to wait before I give an answer. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put some time before I get an answer. Um, And they can explain I am putting this boundary in place because it is helping me with this particular issue. Mm Um, and then maybe when they get to a different place, that boundary may shift or it may change. But it, it depends, not depends, but I think it should be connected to um, it should be able to be clearly explained. And it's a way of keeping that person safe. And, and I think that's why it's going to look different for most people, because also, let's say I'm a domestic violence survivor my boundaries and relationships is going to look much different Certainly. Oh yeah, than a person who isn't. I'm going to be much more cautious. I'm mm-hmm. going to be much more. So, but there's a, I can connect it to this is why like safety and yeah. overall being yeah. all connected.
2: I, yeah. Kind of like what you were saying. I think it should be connected to like your core values. Mm-hmm. Like you said, that reason. Mm-hmm. So to like be able to connect the boundary to the value, um, of what's core to you mm-hmm. that is that should be protected. So being able to honor those important parts, mm-hmm. those important values that you have by setting boundaries that will protect right. them. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's one way to know, you know is this boundary healthy? Because mm-hmm. there certainly are boundaries that are unhealthy. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's one way to know. Yeah.
1: I think when I think about a healthy ba- boundary versus an unhealthy boundary, I think of self-care, versus distress. Right. So when I haven't set healthy boundaries and it made me think about what you were saying, April, about saying yes all the time, saying yes all the time, when I haven't set a boundary of saying, you know what, let me stop (laughs) before I commit to this Mm -hmm. thing. You find yourself overcommitted. Right. Now you have time burdens on you. You're stressed. It's causing emotional distress, physical distress. And so when you are able to set a healthy boundary, it it, it feels like a mode of self-care, like you're taking mm-hmm. care of yourself when that boundary is healthy. When it's unhealthy, you may find that you're stressed out, that you know, you've lost a lot of time, You know, and you just overall, you know, you just it it, it causes too much stress, anxiety. Um, And so it becomes a burden.
2: Yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, Being able to say, like, how do I feel? Kind of doing a self like a temperature check. Mm -hmm. How do I feel when I'm interacting in this way? can be a good indicator about, you know, whether your boundaries are healthy or whether you're kind of acting in a way that lacks boundaries. Right. I like that. And it
0: reminds me of something and I've I've shared this before, but one of my former um, professors and clinical directors when teaching all us, you know, new future Therapist about boundaries, and he he was a very strict, had very strict boundaries, and I kind of took after him initially. But one thing he said why boundaries were were important is because they act they acted as a gauge. So mm-hmm. if you have a boundary that, let's say your boundary as a therapist is you don't take gifts from clients, that's right. your boundary, and that means you stick with that. That's your frame, and when you start moving out of your frame, you open yourself up for trouble or potential potential issues and potential ethical dilemmas. But he said, but he said, always look at that as a sign that something is happening in that therapeutic relationship that's making you move out of your frame. So why is this client, the one that you said I'll take the gift from and it Mm -hmm. makes you examine. So I think about that in, in general with the boundary. So if I said that my boundary is that, you know, you have to do X, Y, and Z before I will do, x but then i break that that's going to give that's a sign a signal to me that hey okay well what's happening with this like why Mm -hmm. is this and like what else is going on here
1: right so there should be some consistency some stability yes in your boundaries right right
2: what do you guys think is like what do you think constitutes like a lack of boundaries i know april mentioned um like a person that always says yes Mm -hmm. you know without thinking first, just kind of like, yes, sure, yeah. I can do it. I can yeah. get it done. Um, And then maybe like Erica mentioned being distressed after, you know, um, are there other things that you believe constitutes or shows that, okay, these are areas that show that there's a lack of boundaries?
0: <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> like, oh, um, yeah. <laughs> and it's so funny because it's so very subjective. Mm-hmm. Like I think of work, so I'm boundaried at work I am very boundaried at work I've, Like that's been my professional identity Since I started Blame inroads. roads If you ever did inroads, roads <laughs> It was like a professional development for black youth Or whatever yeah. I mean they were like you wear stockings on interview You never wear open toe shoes Like drilled <laughs> professionalism Oh <into> my me. <laughs> Not the stockings <laughs> <laughs> In Alabama At that it's hot. Uh, Oh girl with stockings it so long um but so my work identity is is different than my personal identity mm-hmm. and I mean of course there's similarities across the board but when I go to work I go to work like I view work as as such mm-hmm. and I separate I have my work life and then when I get off work I'm yeah. I'm off so there are certain things I'm not going to bring into work so I'm not talking about my personal life at work, at least not to, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be a robot, but I'm not telling you about my dating life. I'm not mm-hmm. talking about like the fight I had with my best friend, like I'm not doing those things at work. Mm-hmm. That's my boundary. However, I've been in places <laughs> where people did not share that same boundary yeah. and it it's a lot. Yeah, for me and then even have been told that I my perception the, the way people perceive me was Different because I was like very kind of professional, but i'm like i'm at work. That doesn't mean it's, i'm not right not true, Like i'm at work.
1: I'm professional and th- That's that's very funny too because then that tells you like Hmm What is considered what I consider to be professional other people are looking at as rigid
2: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, like a lack of boundaries for you is just kind of like oversharing. Mm-hmm. You know, just mm-hmm. oversharing your personal information, oversharing in spaces that are con- to be considered professional, mm-hmm. um, things of that nature. Yeah. Yeah. For me, um, you know, working
1: um, in higher education as well, I'm working um, as a professor. You know, I have some coworkers who will accept uh, social media friend requests from students, and for me, again, i I feel like it is appropriate to have a separation of my personal life and my professional life with my students. And so, you know, for me, it's like um, I'm not accept. I don't want that. Blending or that blurring. Now, I yeah. have had students that I've been close to um, that after they've graduated and they've sent me a, a friend request. Then, sure, why not? And even still, there might be that you know that limited. You know, you can kind of set it where there's certain limits
2: yeah. of
1: what you can see. You know, and so for me, I still want to keep some semblance of of separation there. You know, I. I absolutely don't want you on my social media if if mm-hmm. you're my student.
0: That's why I have two pages. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because when I started, right. I, I remember when I started this job and I was getting through, and I and only a few coworkers remember. I was like, oh no, I don't have coworkers on social media. And I would say <laughs> it because like, it's not nothing personal. It's just it's a boundary. Mm. And also, I've heard so many horror stories. Well, yeah, you know, and. I just, I don't want, yeah. and also when you're in the field that we are in, right. there's so many different personalities and mm-hmm. <laughs> there's so many. it's just, you just don't, you never know. And just I don't, don't want <laughs>
2: that,
0: you know? So I started creating, and I should have just created a page versus like a, a fan quote-unquote fan page yeah. versus a second account just <laughs> a headache Man. but it was for that reason because i do want to stay connected to my students and and i get sure. it it's mm-hmm. a culture now so sure i'll have this page there's more work appropriate um also i've been on facebook since like what 06 mm, and mm-hmm. I don't want I don't even know what I was saying in 06 but I'm sure it was a mess right <laughs> so, <laughs> right I don't need my mentor my mentee no from you looking at my weekends right. in Miami like I don't I'm know I'm telling
1: I you I literally I think I went through like my social media um, before I started my my job and I was like I mean I'm okay with my swimsuit pics on here but like. After a while, I was like, I don't know that I want to have my swimsuit pics yeah. on here, and it's like it's not inappropriate, but it's mm-hmm. just I don't know. It's one of those things like your boundaries, you know, yeah. may evolve. They
0: exactly, yeah, over they over time. Yep. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, April, I know when we were talking about you know just kind of spitballing before the show, you mentioned something about there, you know, being cultural differences. Mm-hmm. Um, in boundaries. And as I was thinking about something I said, I was like, yeah, it's a little bit different. I do have somewhat of a flexible boundary, um, or different types of boundaries with um, my black students than I do with some of my white students. And I know when you say that some people might say, oh, well, you're treating them differently.
2: Mm.
1: And my answer to that is yes, I am treating them differently because there's a different, I think cultural norm that is okay for me being an African-American and how I deal with some of my African-American students. And I say some, because everybody, you know, just because you fall into that category doesn't mean that Mm -hmm. isn't a fit for you. But I just wanted to talk, you know, get you to talk a little bit more about Mm -hmm. like what you meant by some of the differences and cultural differences and boundaries.
0: Well, I think it goes back to what you said earlier um, about, boundaries have are to keep us safe Mm -hmm. and so safety looks different for different cultures Mm -hmm. and there are certain things that certain cultures have to be more mindful of than others so our boundaries are going to be different so when I think back to my example of work um and I remember talking with someone who's my supervisor about like you know because I was having some issues with just how I felt I was being treated and the 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 person spoke about like yeah, and she said, well, I've noticed a lot of the black female trainees do all carry themselves in very similar ways. And I said, well, we have to mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we don't get the same leeway and leniency as our white counterparts. You know, no matter how progressive everyone <laughs> thinks the space is, mm-hmm. when I make a mistake. I know I am being judged differently than my white counterpart. So the risks, the risks are different. So my boundaries are going to be different. And then even when you just think of culture around like family and um, like collectivistic versus individualistic Mm -hmm. culture. So like if I'm talking with a family member or a friend rather, and they're saying like, Oh, well I have to go home because Um, you know, my mom or my dad needs X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, girl, you grown, they can't. But I have to realize, wait, no, that that's a very individualistic Mm -hmm. mindset that I have, even though I'm, you know, very family oriented, but I understand compared to other cultures, Mm -hmm. you know, where it's customary for the kids to live at home until marriage, Mm -hmm. right? So my boundary for that, you know, is going to be different compared to that person who does believe their responsibility is their parents and their family and they have to take care of their siblings. So it may be fine for them to have their their sibling call them at midnight asking for money versus me. Mm -hmm. I'm no. (laughs) So those I think that's kind of the ways culture plays a role in boundaries. It makes me
2: think about just. And I think I mentioned this earlier is when do you know, or how do you know when your boundaries are starting to, in a sense, backfire? Mm. You know, mm-hmm. um, how do you know when they're starting to become toxic in your life? Yeah. You know, cause you may say like, oh, you know, I'm setting this boundary and it's fine. Uh, but like you were saying, like professionally, like you've been in situations where you're like, I haven't been received Mm -hmm. in the in the best light because Mm -hmm. of these boundaries that I have um how do we know when they're becoming toxic yeah and I hate to say toxic but how do we know when they're not when they're back yeah
0: yeah they're not benefiting us well see I think of two different things I think one goes back to what we said before about the why like why is a boundary in place is it protection Mm -hmm. like it's not about keeping people out it's about keeping you safe. But if you're using your boundary as a way of like serving something else that needs to be maybe worked through, that's different. But even when I think about like the work example, um, I still felt like that's your issue though. Like you perceiving my boundary of professionalism because I won't like engage in certain activities that everyone else is as rigid, not even rigid, but for me it was like, okay, so Things were being missed around culture mm-hmm. Cultural differences yeah. And so in that situation I didn't feel like I needed to change my boundary To fit your culture Because that's another boundary Because then I'm yeah, now
2: certainly ch-
0: changing my boundary That value I have about who right. I am As a black woman And what that means in certain spaces And having to bend now to your wheel right. Is going to shift that boundary So I think it goes back to maybe just taking um, What do you call it? Like- inventory of the relationships around you and Mm -hmm. then kind of coming back to say, okay, well, what do I want to do
2: about that? Yeah. And I know we've talked a lot about like professional boundaries. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know my professional boundaries tend to be very different than my personal boundaries. So how do we create personal boundaries? Like how have you guys created like personal, like intimate relationships friendships family relationships like those personal Mm -hmm. boundaries outside of work um well the first thing that comes to mind i remember because even some
1: of my classmates still laugh at me about this but when i was in my doctoral program um you know i had to set a boundary with my with my cohort members and some friends that i'm not taking phone calls after 10 30. And that was necessary for me at the time, at that time in my life where I needed to structure out personal time. Like I'm not going to talk to anyone. I'm not going to engage with anyone. I need just this personal time where I'm not studying. I'm not thinking about anything. And I had to, it was, it was hard for me to actually do it initially because you know, I was used to, you know, being up, being on the phone, but I had to set the boundary because I said, I need to take care of myself. And it's, it's protection for me. It's protection for my sanity. And it's also protection to the people so that I'm not snapping off on them after I've had a 16 hour (laughs) day (laughs) dealing with, you know, doctoral studies and working and practicum and, you know, all the other things that came with that.
0: Um,
1: and at first yep. it was like, oh, y'all, know, don't even call Erica because she is not talking mm-hmm. to y'all at the 1030. Like if your house burning <laughs> down, you know, call in the morning. Right. But no.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I know for I me. like it's not- easier to set personal boundaries.
2: Really? Yeah, I think Philly is harder. I think for me it's harder. Yeah, cuz um, I can at work, I leave if I. Yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. It's very easy for me to set professional boundaries um, cuz there's like this distance that I like create um mm-hmm. from like coworkers, people I work with, like and there's a framework clients. already in place already, too. Yeah, there's already yeah. a really, but at my job there's a framework. At some jobs there isn't. That's true. You know what I'm saying? So professionally, s- super easy for me to set boundaries. Personally, it's it's been difficult um, because I know my areas where I lack boundaries, and mm-hmm. I usually lack boundaries when it comes to caring for myself. So yeah. I tend to be okay. that person that is always saying, yes, I tended to be that person that does, um, kind of put others needs ahead of my own. And that's yeah. kind of, you know, where I've always lacked boundaries. So I've had to kind of create this, um, system around like checking my own, like you said, April, um, checking, like doing an inventory mm-hmm. check <laughs> mm-hmm. on my own, like boundaries and where they are. Mm -hmm. So I'll ask myself, it's pretty much like three questions I'll ask myself, um, or three statements that I'll say around like my own, like self-awareness. So the first statement is like, people may not. And I like list out like things that people may not do, like, um, interrupt me Mm -hmm. in you know, when I'm speaking Mm -hmm. or, um, people may not take up more space than me Mm -hmm. in relationships. Mm -hmm. And so I literally had to like list these things out so that I can like, in a way, like give my permission, myself permission to like set boundaries in those areas. So like people may not. And then like, I have the right to ask for was another statement I had to like, think about, like, I have the right to ask for time Mm -hmm. or I have the right to ask for, um, a favor, or I have the right to ask for certain things in my life from relationships. And then the last little like blurb that I always say is like to protect my time and energy, it's okay too. Mm -hmm. And then like feeling out Mm -hmm. of like change my mind. Or if I said yes, say, you know what, that's no longer going to work. Right. Or kind of say yes, but um, or mm-hmm. just to say no to protect mm-hmm. my time and energy, I have the right to say no. Right. Um, yeah. So those are like three little, like places where I had to say, okay, you need to start creating some boundaries, mm-hmm. especially personally. And those are like three statements that helps me start outlining or making like a skeleton for what yeah. I wanted it to look like. Because I and used to struggle. Yeah.
1: I love that because what it, what that says is there is a level of assertiveness. That needs to be in place in order for one to set boundaries and maintain those boundaries.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think where I had to grow with that for learning how to create boundaries was because I realized where I was lacking them. Um, mm-hmm. Which when I was younger, I mean, it's funny thinking about it now, but I was very passive when I was younger. Um with everyone I was kind of like Oh whatever you want Whatever you want I Just kind of go, go along with yeah. Go with the flow And like Was always Just super nice And people pleasing And then I, I some things happened where I was like Oh this This doesn't This isn't reciprocated Like
1: yeah. mm-hmm. Or
0: I would be mad Because I was doing Things like I didn't Really want to do it So I was Probably around Junior high High school I was like Okay you gotta stop And so yeah. One of the things I started doing Was asserting Myself more not Mm -hmm. being worried if someone got upset, if I said no, um, and like, and being okay with being disliked and not like, I don't care if people don't like me, but meaning like, it's okay if you're disappointed or mad at me because I I'm not doing what you want me to do. And that's okay. And being okay with that. Um, and so, but learning how to find my own voice and say, no, this is what I want. This is what I want to do. Um, and this is what I'm not going to do. So yeah. that came from not having any, and the way I created it was just through um, practice right. <laughs> of trying to set those boundaries. But when you asked a question earlier about kind of, I don't know if it's Erica or Shari, but it made me think of like boundaries are, I think, are often connected to our where we seek validation, right? And if there are areas of insecurity in any of those areas, that's probably where you're going to struggle. With boundaries. So if there's an mm-hmm. attachment issue. Or people like you're going to struggle. With telling people no. Because you you want people around. You don't want to hurt right. people's feelings. If you are insecure in that piece. If it's uh, my worth is from what I can do for people. You're going to always be the giver. You're going to always be the one loaning money. Mm-hmm. Going out to help. Um, so think with figuring out. How to create those boundaries. Like finding out where your weak spots are. yeah, First mm-hmm. and then slowly. Get in there.
1: So then what do we want to maybe, you know, circle back and make sure that people are taking away from this conversation about boundaries? Because, you know, we talked about, you know, what healthy boundaries are, what we need, you know, what types of things we need. But what are some, you know, maybe three takeaways that we want to make sure that people have when it comes to understanding and setting boundaries?
2: Yeah, I think one for me is... In order to create boundaries, you have to have some self-awareness around um, what your values are, what your core values are, um, why are, why those things are important. And like April said, where you lack boundaries, because um, that was very, very key with me creating boundaries. What are my personal values and how am I not protecting those? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, where am I lacking boundaries, yeah. um, in those areas. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say my,
0: my t- takeaway would be ha- set the boundary, um, but also reevaluate as needed because some boundaries are time limited because they are connected to a specific thing, especially when you think about things like trauma or you just got out of a bad rel- or something, you know, you're going to be a little bit more rigid. Um, mm-hmm. so, being able to to reassess
2: as needed. Yeah. I, I want to put one other one in is that um, one of the takeaways is to create bound like when you create boundaries, communicate them like let's make sure to communicate those boundaries when you Absolutely. are setting them. Um, cause I think sometimes it's like, well, everybody should know that, you know, people don't do this so people don't do that. And it's like, well, you have to communicate the boundary. Yeah. You have to say it, you know?
0: Yeah.
2: Um, so yeah. Cause it's not always going to be
0: consistent, which is what we said before. It's not consistent mm-hmm. about the board, but bring it like taking it back to that conversation we had about narcissists. So how yeah. then can you create boundaries when you are starting to feel that you may be in un, 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 an unhealthy dynamic? So not mm-hmm. even just narcissism. Mm-hmm. Like, do you need to strengthen boundaries? Do
2: you need to say, okay, my bound, oh, when your boundaries not being respected. Right, right. Because oftentimes we may create those boundaries. And I often say when we, especially if we've been in relationship with someone and we create a new boundary, Mm. um, because maybe we're being mistreated or, um, you know, that relationship isn't healthy or they're kind of running over your boundaries. Um, oftentimes there is some pushback. Like, there's a little bit of pushback, right? About, um, from the other person, you know, because boundaries aren't just for you, they're, you know, they're also the other person feels it, yeah. you know.
0: It's like with kids, like when you set a rule, a new rule for
2: them, yeah, um,
0: and then they're going to initially push back, yeah. Oh, that's another early place where we do learn boundaries is around space and touch,
2: mm, yeah. Oh, um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Like when, when is, who's it okay to hug? How do you hug? Right. Who's okay to sit on a lap? Yeah. Were you
2: allowed to sit on your boyfriend's lap when you were a girl? Kid I, if I go to my mama's <laughs> house today, yes. be like, girl, <laughs> separate. <laughs> but no, I like that because I always tell parents, um, do not, you know, and I don't want to be like, do not, but, like, let's stop making our children hug strangers, mm-hmm. you know, like just because they're like you have a relationship with that person. Like, let your child start to right. form a relationship because there are often parents who are like, say hey to Miss yeah. Shari. And I'm like, no, yeah. I'm stranger danger. This right. child doesn't know me. And that's OK right. Um, to be able for them to have that boundary around, right. like you said, intimacy, touch, space. Yep. Um, so parents, that's let's, a good one. Let's work on that one. Stop telling your kids to hug on folks. Um, so yeah,
1: absolutely.
2: All right, so good takeaways. Well, April and I gave like a thousand takeaways. Erica, did you have a takeaway that you wanted to say? Oh, y'all
1: did a wonderful job.
2: <laughs> <laughs> boundaries count for family members too. Yes, boundaries count for. So boundaries. last no, takeaway, I love talking about boundaries. So <laughs> boundaries. I guess my only people.
1: one would be make sure there's a consequence for people not respecting your boundaries.
2: Yeah, so definitely. Right. That,
1: will keep you, that will keep you accountable to That's making sure that you are sticking to what you say your boundaries mm-hmm. really are. Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. And often we'll, when I talk about boundaries, I say they're hard because they're not just boundaries for the other person. We, they're boundaries for us. So sometimes we'll have a boundary or I know for me, I say me. Sometimes I'll set a boundary for another person, or say like, "This is a boundary that I have," and then I am the one that's like, "Okay, okay. I could wiggle a little bit," you there know. Is. Um, and so it is important to always have those boundaries. But y'all, we could talk about boundaries all day. Oh, no, we can do a part. Two. Um, so I definitely don't want this to be like an eight-hour podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we'll have to circle back around to. I think. Boundaries and families is like a topic by itself. Yeah. Too, you
0: yeah. Know. And send questions in. Like, if you have questions or examples or things that have happened, please send those in. You can send them to our email address or on Facebook or Instagram. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh. All right. All right. So now it's time to send one your love. So who's some, is there a person, a thing, um, an entity that you would like to send your love or express your appreciation for this week? Hmm.
2: Mm. <laughs> so I want to send my love This is so simple But there's a store here called The Southeastern Salvage <laughs> And I found some amazing rugs That are like 8 <laughs> feet by 12 feet For $69 Like, And they're great so, I want to send my love to discount stores because they <laughs> come through. Like, don't discount the discount stores. Like, y'all check those out.
0: Know, when you're looking today. Stuff.
2: So, that is like, I want to send my love to all the discount stores <laughs> in the go area. <laughs>
0: um, I would like to send my love to Shanitra. I'm not going to give you a whole government name. Um, Shanitra is a graduate of Auburn's Counseling Psych program. Um, and she Every time I go to Auburn for anything related to work, she always opens up her house to for me to practice, to get over any nerves. And this past week when I went down, I got to Auburn kind of late and she was tired. Like she has a lot of stuff going on um, in her life right now. And she said, come by. And just I understand being sleep deprived. (laughs) And she was like, no this is tomorrow we're going to go through it and she opened up her door um and allowed me to stay as long as I needed until I felt ready to leave and knowing all the things that she had going on in her life and and that she did not hesitate to say nope come on let's 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 get this you know let's practice this so sending my love to you and hope you know that things will start to look up for you
1: that is wonderful um I want to send my love to all of our listeners and all of those individuals who have been sending in questions, who've actually been dialoguing on our social media yes. pages uh, um, and just everyone that has been supporting us. It's, it's so great, you know, to see people listening, to look at the numbers, but to also get like those text messages where people are saying, oh, my gosh, like. I'm literally trying to talk to you through, <laughs> yes. through my phone, you know, because they're that engaged. So, um, I just want to send my love to everyone who's listening, everyone who has shared, um, you know, the podcast, um, and to, um, my fellow co-hosts, um, so thank you. Send them bam, thank bam. you.
0: Oh, actually, can I have one more? Yeah. I think I have a slider in my bag. <laughs> no, because you made me think about it. We talk about the salvage store. So we went by a coffee shop in Charleston called Biddy and Bowes. And the coffee shop is run by people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Yeah. And yeah. It, was so, it was amazing. Endearing. It really yeah. was. And, uh, just it if was. you are ever in Charleston, please check them out and their tagline is is Biddy and Bowls is more than a cup of coffee it's an experience and it really is so yeah, go support them if you ever go um do not take a gola tour by this man named godfrey we will oh my
2: goodness just don't. we got so bamboo we got scammed <laughs>
0: we got scammed on a, a t- gola tour <laughs> so you bad.
1: guys there <laughs> is a really good gola tour um so um yeah, don't don't yeah. not do a gullet tour because we yeah, yeah. actually Shari and I actually did an yeah. amazing gullet tour. Yeah, um, I it's will actually Simmons, right and, and 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 provide that information yes. for the legitimate,
0: but yeah. legitimate. I one. think his name was Simmons, the, yeah. the legitimate one. Yeah, but just ask us if you decide to go to
2: Charleston. We'll tell you not which, which one, one not don't. to do because <laughs> uh, it was we got we got bamboos. Got hoodwink. Um, so yeah. Yes. Yeah, so you guys were a good show. um, talking a little bit about boundaries. Like we said, if you've got questions, want more information about boundaries, how to set those, what they look like, please, please, please send us information, send those questions into us. Um, We try to answer them. Sometimes we even let the listeners answer because y'all are y'all, you know, you have it. Mm -hmm. Um, But let's sign out. Um, You can always listen to three Sykes and a mic. We put up a new show every Tuesday. Um, So we'll have a new episode every Tuesday coming up. You can find us on our social media handles on Facebook and Instagram three Psychs and a mic it is number three Psychs p-s-y-c-h-s and a-n-d-a mic m-i-c um you can also email us questions or inquiries and things of that nature um, on our three Psychs and a mic gmail account um so this has been a good one thank y'all for listening thank you, thank you. bye <laughs>